Hey guys, I'm going to do similarly to what we did last time of want to uh, give you guys a couple songs so that you can listen to them before uh, you listen to my lovely voice. Um, so first one, let's do... Let's do, ah, yes, yes, let's do this. Um, it will be called To Love You Rightly, and it's by Hunter G.K. Thompson. It is a lovely song, To Love You Rightly by Hunter Thompson. Then go into Build My Life by House Fires. You guys all know that one. Then last one will be uh, Goodness of God um, by Jen Johnson with Bethel Music. Okay. Um, sweet. Well, pause this. Go listen to those three songs. Um, get your get your gaze fixed on the Lord, and then uh, you can tune this back on, and we'll uh, we'll go from there. Alrighty. Well, Lord, we just we just uh, we just love you. Um, we uh, we submit to you. We submit to your plans. And we, uh, we acknowledge that your ways are higher than ours. Um, and Lord, we just want to get on the same page as you um, and see the things that you're doing so that we can, uh, we can do more and more of your work. And that that prayer that you commanded us to pray, thy kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven would come to fruition um, by, uh, by the partnership with you, by uh, the intimacy with you, Lord. So we love you, Jesus. Um, and uh, we, uh, we give our ears to you, we give our hearts to you, we give our minds to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Cool. Well, uh, we'll kind of dive right into this. I don't know how long this one will be. Um, it is one of my uh, favorite concepts that Scripture maps out for us, um, and it's all about how Jesus is our husband. Um, and yeah, I, I am okay with saying that as a man, <laughs> he is a, a lover. He is, um, he's the one who shows love better than anybody else could on this planet. Um, and frankly, anywhere else. So, um, yeah, if you would turn to Ephesians chapter five, um, and I'll turn there as well. Madison should be home any moment so that she can take the dog out so that we're not listening to her whimper again. All right, so in Ephesians chapter 5, um, here we'll be in verse 15. And a couple things we just have to understand first is Jesus gave everything up so uh, that he could have us. And Jesus is dedicated to us, so we should be dedicated to him. Um so let's read 15 through 21 here, and uh, we'll kind of dissect it together. Well, 
you'll listen to me dissect it and hopefully we'll do that together if that makes sense all right um, 15 um, Ephesians 5 verse 15 therefore be careful how you walk not as unwise men but as wise making the most of your time because the days are evil so then you should not be foolish but understand what the will of the Lord is and do not be drunk with wine for this is dissipation but be filled with the Spirit speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your hearts to the Lord, always giving thanks for things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father. And be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. Okay, so a couple key things in that and this. This will all make sense as Jesus is our husband. Okay, um, yeah, four points I want you to kind of take away is be careful how you walk. Um, it says here, not as unwise, but as wise. Um, dissect that uh, this week. Think of what that actually means this week. I know uh, if you were with us through our Colossians series, you uh, we, we talked a lot about how the Colossian people thought that they had, a, had to have a special knowledge in order to come to Jesus. Um, and that is unwise. So then what is wise? Well, let me tell you, it is all submission to Jesus and saying, hey, I need you to give me wisdom. I need you to guide me. I need you to show me how to walk. Okay, so um, first point in that is be careful how you walk. All right. Uh, second thing is don't get drunk on wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Um, it's a beautiful thing to be filled with the Spirit. Um, I'm sure all of us have had moments in our life where we were like, this is what it means to be filled with the Spirit. And I want to applaud that and also say, keep on reaching for more. Um, just because you hit that point does not mean that that's all that the Lord has for you. Uh, he is a creator um, and he is endless. So keep on reaching for a deeper filling of his spirit. Yes, he indwells us, but what if we let him operate us? Just as point one says, let him show us how to walk. Okay, then third, give thanks in all things. This gives us, uh, this um, point gives us a mindset of thinking of things above, not things that are uh, right in front of us. Saying, Lord, thank you for this. Um, saying, Lord, um, I want your perspective over this, um, not my perspective over this. If I give thanks in all things, I have a heavenly kingdom mindset. If I don't give thanks over all things, I start to just be a woe is me and a victim of everything um, in my life. Okay, and then fourth thing is um, be subject to one another, um, a.k.a. be kind to one another. Um this is common sense. This uh, hopefully, just got a text. This hopefully doesn't need to be explained too much, but don't come with an agenda when it comes to um, talking to people. You know, sometimes we want to push our our agendas and make sure that we are being taken seriously. But at the end of the day, just be kind to one another. You know, love love one another. Um, you'll see. Uh, as you study scripture more, that 
we are brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, our our God, our Father, um, calls us children. Therefore, we're all in the same lineage, all in the same family line of our Father. Um, so we are brothers and sisters, and we need to start viewing each other more like that um, instead of uh, that person's out to get me kind of mentality. Okay? Um, cool. Do any of these things call us into timidity or even passiveness? I don't think so. Uh, this calls us to be smart, um, not like doormats um, and not compromising in what we know to be true, right? When we're careful how we walk, being filled with the Spirit, giving thanks in all things and being kind to one another, it is not, all right, I'm going to put you before me. Yes, that sounds good on paper, but what it, we need to actually put the Lord before everything, um, and then we honor ourselves and we honor each other. Okay. Um, does, I hope that makes sense. I don't know who said this, but, uh, we think about how we carry ourselves and think of how much does the Holy Spirit have of us. Um, and therefore, you know, don't get drunk and lose control of what you're doing, but do get drunk in the spirit. Does that make sense? Um, we think so often like, okay, if I am filled with the Spirit, maybe people are going to judge me. Great, let them. I don't care. Um, that's a, that's a, It's a beautiful thing to be filled with the Spirit. And don't let anybody take that away from you uh, just because you, uh, you feel like, I don't know, uh, you feel like um, there, there's judgment against you. Um, but do get filled with the Spirit because that's the only way to live your life. That's the way the Lord called us into um, the way we live our lives should be a direct reflection of the Lord. Um, we're, we're supposed to reflect the light of the world. Um, and he calls, he is called the, the Lord is called the father of the lights and we are the children of the light. Alrighty. So our main kind of passage tonight is, uh, going to be right below these verses. I wanted to just give us that kind of, um, background before we really dove into our main text tonight. Um, so, uh, it's going to be verses 22 through 33. I wanna, and I want to read straight through it, and then we'll kind of talk about it um, as, uh, as we go. Okay, so um, here we go. Verse 22 in Ephesians 5. Wives, be subject to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, and Christ is also the head of the church. He himself being the Savior of the body. But as the church is subject to Christ, so also the wives ought to be to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and he gave himself up for her so that, she, so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water in the word so that he might present to himself the church in all her glory, not having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing but that she would be holy and blameless. So husbands ought to also, so that, yeah, so husbands ought also to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ also does the church, because we are members of his body. 
For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is great, but I'm speaking this, speaking with reference to Christ in the church. Nevertheless, each individual among you also is to love his own wife, even as himself, and the wife must also see to it that she respects her husband. Okay, so it's a really cool passage here, um, and uh, as we read, or as we read, um, you'll see this um, this intertwinement of marriage, devotion, Jesus, church, uh, husband, wife, all of these things. What I want us to understand are three things. Um, we are wives of Jesus. We are his bride, and he views us as very, very sacred. Okay, so wives, submit to your husbands. Husband is the head of the wife. Wives should submit everything to the husband. Husband, Husbands, love your wives. Sanctify and cleanse her by the washing of the word. Husbands, make your wives... Mm, notes just turned off. It's awkward. One second. Hilarious. And we're back. Husbands, love your wives as their own body. He who loves his wife loves himself. Um, and he should be willing to sacrifice everything for her. He should be, he should make her well-being um, of primary importance. And he should care for her as he cares for his own body. No one ever hated their flesh but took care of it. Husbands shall leave his father and hold fast to his wife two will become one flesh let all of you love his wife as himself let the wife see his respect for his for her husband okay uh so this is interesting let me just read one more text to you and then i kind of want to unpack this um to kind of show you how jesus is our husband uh, i can read you scripture all day long um and yes i hope you grab on to that but sometimes we don't. I don't know why. It's the Lord's word. But yeah, let me read this to you as well. Colossians 3.18. It says something similarly. Wives, be subject to your husbands as it is fitting to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be embittered against them. Children, be obedient to your parents in all things. For this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, do not exasperate your children so that they will not lose heart. Slaves in all things, obey those who are your masters on earth, not with external service but merely uh, as those who merely please men, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, do your work heartily, as for the Lord, rather than for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance that is the Lord Christ whom you serve. For he who does wrong will receive the consequences of which wrong he has done, and without partiality, without favoritism. Okay, so let's um let's talk through this. There's a lot of there's a lot of cool kind of symbolism, kind of um, um, intertwinement in this, and I just kind of want to unpack it. So we'll go uh, verse 22. Wives, be subject to your husbands as to the Lord. 
Okay, so this kind of gives away the whole entire rest of it at the beginning. Um, we are wives of Jesus. Therefore, we should be subject to our husband. Who's our husband? Jesus, as the Lord. Okay, so it, it gives us kind of the answer at the beginning. But as it goes on, it'll, it, gets, it gets more and more beautiful. I love the way this is written. For the husband, uh, verse 23, for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is also the head of the church, he himself being the savior of the body. Okay, so yes, we could take this literally um, in a actual human marriage, but this is a spiritual marriage that all I want to talk about tonight um, is, and that's really, frankly, all I um, care about unless it's with Madison. Um, for obvious reasons. Um, okay, so um, for the husband is the head of the wife. Okay, and then again, it gives us kind of the answer as Christ is also the head of the church, right? In 1 Corinthians, I believe it's uh, either chapter 12, 13, or 14. Um, my bread and butter chapters just love those chapters. Um, it talks about how we are the body of Christ and how he is the head of that body. You know, um, I think we've talked about it before, um, or I've talked about it before, that uh, my finger can't tell itself to move. Um, my feet can't tell themselves to walk. My mind has to send that, um, that wavelength through my body to then make that command actually happen. Um, I can't, my mouth can't speak on its own. <laughs> um, um, my mind has to make my mouth speak and my tongue move and my lips smack together so that words come out so that people can understand them. Um, the same way our devotion to Jesus should be. Um, have I by any means achieved this? Gosh, do I wish I did. Um, am, I, am I striving for it? Yes, of course I'm striving for it. Um, have I achieved it? No. No, I have not achieved it. Um, I do want Christ to control everything that I think, that I do, that I say. Um, and Jesus modeled this for us perfectly. You know, he said, I only do what the Father does, and I only say what the Father speaks um, as he was on earth. That's what he said to his disciples. Um, and I think it's a profound thing um, that's mapped out exclusively here in verse 23, is, for the husband is the head of the wife. Therefore, Jesus should be telling us our marching orders. And yet, maybe that sounds negative to you. Uh, I think it sounds beautiful. I think it sounds like I don't have to stress about what I think is right or what's wrong. I just know what is pure. Um, and I think it's amazing. Uh, so it, it, it goes back to Ephesians, um, Ephesians 5, like 15 through 21. It says, be careful how you walk. How do you do that? Oh, well, because Christ is guiding you. Because Jesus is showing you how, because he is the best husband. Okay, cool. Let's keep on going. Verse 24. But as the church is subject to Christ, so also the wives ought to be subject to their husbands in everything. When it says subject, this is really, really cool. Similarly to verse 3, or, or verse 23, um, but when we're subject to somebody, we wait for them to tell us what we do. That's amazing. We wait. And like we talked about in the last in the last podcast, 
you know, his ways are better. He's faithful. His timing is perfect. His timing's pure. And I love that. I absolutely love that. And you should too. It takes the anxiety. It takes the stress. It takes the worry. It takes all of it away. And we say, all right, Jesus, you said that you're the head. Now I submit to that. I'm subject to that. And I, 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 I surrender in that so that I can be used by you more. And so that I am having a pure marriage with you, Jesus. Okay. Now verse 25, um, husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. And I'll, I'll clump 26 together with this. So that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water and the word. Okay. So love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. That's an amazing, amazing thing. Yes, Jesus did die on the cross for me, for you, and then he rose again um, so that he could sanctify us. Amazing? Yes. What's sanctification? It's a spiritual cleansing is the best way I can kind of simplify it. It's a spiritual cleansing that Jesus can only offer by the workings of Holy Spirit. Um, having cleansed her by the washing of the water of the word. Um, a good husband lifts up his wife to lead her into a deeper intimacy with Jesus. A bad husband does the exact opposite. With Jesus as our husband, you know, there's this, there's the, the beauty of the Trinity is Holy Spirit reveals Jesus, Jesus reveals the Father. The Father reveals the Spirit, the Spirit reveals Jesus, and it keeps on going around and around and around. And it's this beautiful intimacy that is portrayed. And um, I love this because um, that, that sanctifying and by the washing of the water with the Word, um, that, that's exactly what Jesus does to us as his bride. He continually um, teaches us things. He continually um, helps us learn things so that we can submit to him and be subject to him more and more. And so that he can make us more and more holy and spotless and, and without blemish, uh, just like he was. Because I don't know if you guys know this, but the goal of, of, of the Trinity, of God, um, was to have perfect unity with us. The same kind of unity that um, Adam and Eve had before the fall where um, they there was no shame no guilt they didn't even realize they were naked because they didn't care because they were with the Lord you know um, and then the same kind of intimacy that they had immediately right after the fall where they could hear him walking in the garden um, and Jesus offered the disciples the same thing as hey walk with me follow me um, I'm not going to give you guilt and shame. I'm just going to teach you. I'm going to um, assist you along the way. I've got no hidden agenda. And I think that's amazing. I think that's lovely and beautiful. Um, and I think that's the way uh, we should we should live our lives with Jesus as well. You know, let him wash us with his word. Wash us with his spirit. Wash us um, with his sanctification and continually turn us into a better version of who he's called us to be. Not a better version of ourselves, okay? <laughs> a better version of who he's called us to be, okay? Um, 
cool. Let's keep on going. Um, verse 27. So that he might pre- present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless. So, again, same thing that I just said above. Um, I probably should have lumped that one in together because I uh, kind of jumped the, the word of the Lord here. But um, but that she would be holy and blameless. That's Jesus' end goal with us. To make us holy, to make us blameless. How do we become blameless? Well, by submitting to him. By On judgment day, Jesus says, oh, that person's with me. Oh, he's with me. Oh, she's with me, kind of thing. Um, I've, I've paid that debt. I've paid those dues. Um, they're, they're good. They're good for passing, uh, kind of thing. Um, and I think we also lose sight is that Jesus wants to, you know, just as Jesus was glorified, he wants us to be glorified, not in the sense of, okay, I'm due worship, but in the sense of my glorified body in heaven, my glorified soul and spirit in heaven. Uh, Jesus wants that. It's not like Jesus came and died on the cross, um, and saved us from all iniquities um, so that we could not walk into heaven. No, he wants us in heaven um, more than anything in the world. He wants that intimacy with us. Um, he wants to live with us. He wants to dwell with us. Um, and I, that's, that's awesome. Okay, verse 28. So husbands ought, uh, ought to also love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself. See, now this is kind of where um, it gets a little weirder um, to kind of draw some lines, but here we go. Um, so husbands, Jesus will love us just as he loves himself. And I think this is a perfect representation of how we should live, how we should care for ourselves. Jesus does love himself. I don't know if that's talked about often, but he does love himself. He's not like, oh my gosh, I can't stand myself. I'm Jesus. No, he's pretty proud of who he is. He's a son of God. You know, he has that identity and he walks in it completely. He walks in it fully. He really, really loves himself. And this is just a demand um, over us as we walk into, um, you know, into this marriage that it's going to be really hard to love somebody if we if we can only accept this uh, this sliver of love. There's this great movie called um, "Perks of Being a Wallflower," and there's this great quote that uh, that the main character um, says, and he and it it uh, it said like, uh, "We only accept the love that we think we deserve." Um, and how, I just think that's so true. And I think it's sometimes how we approach Jesus. Um, sometimes we approach Jesus where, well, I only feel like I deserve this amount. So that's all I'm going to accept. And it's tragic. It's really, really sad. Sometimes we see it in real life, you know, as silly as it sounds, you know, the the relationships that are, are around you, sometimes you see it manifest there we only accept the love that we think we deserve and if we take that into this marriage with jesus then i think we're missing missing a part of who he's actually called us in to be we're actually missing a part of 
you know, giving thanks in all things. I just think it's really, really important. And I'm not talking about like this, this jacked up, like self-care gospel that's going around right now. Of You need to take care of yourself so that you can do the kingdom's work. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about understanding how much Jesus loves you so that you can love him on a whole other level. So then you can project that, that authentic love to the entire world. I think it's interesting in John 3.16, he says, For God so loved the world. And in, in, my, in my feeble mind, I, I read loved as past tense. Like, oh, God doesn't love us anymore? <laughs> no. No, there's just, he just loves us in one way. He has this agape love. He loves us one way. And I, I feel like sometimes we, we miss the mark there. And we, we throw around this word love way too fast you know like i love pizza and i love jesus and yeah i mean that's part of our english language where maybe that's the way uh that's the only thing that we have but the way jesus loves us is an affection a devotion a um a constant and we can't earn it we can't we can't gain it. It's just already handed to us like we talked about in the last uh, in the last message. I hope that makes sense. Um, Jesus really loves himself. He's proud of who he is as a son of God. Are we the same way? And are we proud that we are wives of Jesus? You know, I'd like to think Madison's proud to be my husband. I don't know if that's true, but I'd like to think it. I, I'd like to, I'd like to project that um, knowing that, that Jesus is my husband, and I'm proud of that. All right, so let's keep on going. Um, verse 29 continues on and says, For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ also does the church. Right? It's not like Jesus did take care of himself. He actually devoted his entire body to us so that he could have that perfect unity with us. And yeah, his, his body got kind of torn up in, the, in his last moments, but then he came back and he, all he had was just holes, you know, and now he's in heaven. Now it, it's, I don't even know if there's any scars. Um, I, I, I don't know how all that works. I'll be one of the first things that I look at when I see him. <laughs> all right. Verse 30, um, we are members of his body. Um, and 31, for this reason, a man shall leave his father, his mother, and shall be joined to his wife and two shall become one flesh. Okay. I need to be careful the way I speak about this because I feel like sometimes we uh, um, we don't do this properly. Um, so what this is actually saying is um, for our earthly marriages, yes, we will um, hopefully. <laughs> um, millennials have kind of jacked this up. We will hopefully leave our moms and fathers' um, houses and, and uh, continue on and have a life with that wife. Um, or that husband. Um, and you know, here, here, uh, I'll go on the record with this. If you can't move out of your freaking parents' house when you get married, uh, wait. <laughs> uh, maybe that offends you. But like, hey, I, I just think, like, let's be responsible. 
Let's be responsible. If you can't prepare for your, if you can't provide for yourself, how are you supposed to provide for your wife? If Jesus couldn't provide us a way out of sin, why would he have even showed up on earth? All right. Yeah, whatever. If that offended you, get over it. I, I can, yeah, whatever. But what this is talking about is a, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined with his wife. So this is exactly what Jesus did. He left his father. Uh, came down from heaven, left his throne, and said, I'm going to dwell down here for a little bit. Um, it was about 33 years that he dwelled down here and uh, ended up changing the world in 33 years. Pretty sweet. And kind of almost three, maybe four years that he changed the world in. Um, a lot of it was training, but um, I won't get too much on that. Um, a man shall leave his father and mother. So Jesus left his father and submitted and was joined with his wife, with his bride. Um, and the two shall become one. This is Jesus' exact desire. As our husband, he, he, this is his exact desire is to be joined as one. Um, being careful how we walk, being filled with him, um, giving thanks and being kind to one another. That's his exact desire is to be one with him. To be one with the Trinity. Oh, that's just, that's awesome. And Jesus gave us access into that. That's amazing. It's incredible that he would even think of that. So let's walk in that a little bit more. Verse 32, this mystery is great, but I'm speaking with reference to Christ and the church. Nevertheless, in verse 33, nevertheless, each individual among you also is to love his own wife, even as himself. And the wife, Catch this part. And the wife must see to it that she respects her husband. I think so often in churches we, we lose sight of respecting Jesus and just wanting to make each other happy and making each other feel good about themselves. Yes, there's a time and place for encouragement. It is one of the spiritual giftings. And I think it's often one of the misu most misused one is encouragement. There's this almost... Um, prophetic flattery, this, um, <laughs> this um, flattery of encouragement just to make somebody feel better. Um, I think all of us have worked in this way when some when one of our crying friends came to us and we just fed them something to make them feel better. I want to get away from that and saying, Lord, what do you, what do you have to say? Lord, what do you think? And I think that this will make us turn to a place of respecting Jesus. You know, I don't know if you realize this, but um, I am, uh, I'm a wife of Jesus. You're a wife of Jesus and the person um, and the other person is a wife of Jesus. And everybody who's listening to this or who has been born is a wife of Jesus. So shouldn't we respect Jesus? That, how do I say this? Shouldn't we respect the husband's thoughts of what he has to say to people? Shouldn't we ask what the husband thinks of his wife? And we hear all sorts of silly things said about us. But what does Jesus say about us? This is, 
This 22 through 33 is just a huge cry from Jesus to say, remember who you are. Remember the identity that is set before you and walk in it as, as my beloved, he says, you know, that's amazing. He's our husband. And I don't think we should be ashamed of saying that. I know it sounds a little weird maybe, but let's get used to it. He is our husband. He's the head of the church. He's the head of the body. So let us submit to that, be subject to that and have a deep, deep understanding for how much he actually loves us and how much he actually poured out for us. All right. Well, Lord, I just pray that you would download um, that truth into us tonight, that we are your wives, um, and that you, don't, that you don't cheat on us, that you don't forsake us, that you don't abandon us, that you are here to sanctify us, to wash us with the cleansing of your word. So, Lord, I pray that in the week to come, um, you would illuminate your word to us more and more um, so that we can be cleansed by you and that we would submit to the love that you've already poured out for us more and more so that we could get to know you more and more and be in unity and that intimacy and become one flesh just as, uh, just as you symbolized it when you came down from heaven. May us be wise. Walk as wise, not as unwise. Give thanks in everything. Be kind to one another and be filled with your spirit. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are. We love you. And in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Awesome, guys. Love you guys. Um, we'll see you soon.